Your attention, please. please. Listening to the AMPM podcast may cause recurring revenue streams and unfair, unfair advantages over your competitors. Other side effects may include better wallets, fired bosses, and longer vacations. Listen at your own risk. Here's your host, seven-figure entrepreneur and online marketing madman, Manny Coates. Manny Coates. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the AMPM podcast. My name is Manny Coates, and I will be your host. And this is the show where we discuss all things Amazon Private Label and how to generate recurring revenue streams 24 hours per day during the AM and the PM, hence the name of the show. Get it? AM, PM podcast. As a matter of fact, we just had a beer right out of the tap at the office. Yeah, we have that at our building. And while having some brews, we were making money. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody. I am here with Lynette Cano. Is that right? Lynette Cano from Dallas, Texas. Hi. How are you that's, doing? That's I got perfect. it right. <laughs> You're an entrepreneur. You've been in the wine business, or you were in the wine business for nearly 20 years before moving to FBA. Is that correct? That's correct. FBA private labels. So um, we connected on on our Facebook group because you had an interesting story. And we're going to get into that in a little bit about usually the storyline is zero to $50,000 in you know, six months. You went like 40 something thousand dollars to zero in 24 hours. So I want to talk about that. Hold that for, for right now because it's a crazy story. But before we get into that, let's tell people a little, a little bit more about yourself. You've been selling since 2015. Is that full time? Uh, no, I was actually working part time at my husband's law practice. Uh, doing like accounts, receivable accounts, payable. And I was just wanting to do something on my own for a couple of hours a week. And so I had already been listening to podcasts, but mostly like medical podcasts, trying to get myself that feeling better from a uh, an issue that I had while I was, that kind of caused me to, to get out of the wine industry. Um, and I just happened to, to hop, hop, hop upon some entrepreneurial cod pa- podcast. And I thought, um, you know, that that's something I could do from home. I wouldn't have to get up super early. So I just got more and more interested in that and started um, looking into doing my own online business on Amazon, like in March of 2015. Okay, awesome. And if you don't mind me asking, what kind of sales volume are you at right now? November, I mean, from December 6, 2016 up until May, we were doing about $130,000 a month. Okay, sale. wow, that's good. How many ASINs represent that kind of revenue? Uh, there's a couple that come and go. So I would say about 22 total. 22. Okay. Wow. Okay. And are those variations or are they all individual unique? Both. You got both. Okay. Is that USA only? No, I source uh, a couple things from China and, uh, I also source stuff from the U S. Okay. And do you sell only in the U S? Uh, currently? Yes. Okay. All right. What market do you think you would be getting into next outside of the U S? Uh, we have looked, I, I haven't heard a lot of great things about Amazon Canada, yeah. even though I've already been approved for that. Um, I, I, you know, there's work involved in that. So I'm not sure if we're going to get that set up, but we mm-hmm. want to do the jet.com of course, like everyone else and maybe, uh, walmart.com, you know, where it's appropriate. Okay. Are you 100% private label? Yes. Okay. All right. And FBA, 100% FBA. Nope. We do, um, probably about two or three ASINs as fulfilled by merchant. Okay. You said you do some stuff in the U S and or in terms of sourcing some in the U S some in China. 
What's the differentiator there? Why get some stuff from the U.S.? I, there's there's a lot of weird things about sourcing from China. You know, even if it's organic, you know, you just don't trust uh, supplements or food or anything like that that says it's organic from China. So it didn't really make sense. And my first product was from China, but it took so long to get the samples back and forth um, that I decided uh, to put that on hold and to source something that I could start quicker. Mm-hmm. So that's why I started sourcing from the U.S. And then I continued with my China supplier um, after about four or five different prototypes and like took about eight months before that one got going. When was the last time you actually added a new ASIN? Uh, three weeks ago. Okay. So you're adding on a pretty regular basis. So yeah. right now, then you're full-time? Now I'm full-time. Full-time. Yeah. How many people make up your business? I'm curious. Is it just you working on it? It was for the first year, uh-huh. which was crazy because I was at the office. Um, I started working out of, out of our condo. Um, and then after about four or five months, I, I, I wasn't doing things that, that, that the business model teaches you. I, 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 initially, I was having other people pack my product, but I was having some quality control issues. So I decided just to order it to my office and do it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was involving needing to have a place to ship it to, you know, not, not at home. So I moved into the same building that my husband has his law practice and just started getting deliveries there and doing the packing there. And I was there till one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning sometimes. Um, but I wasn't really sure how long I wanted to do this as far as the the USA sourcing, because it was kind of kind of um, it, it's just a very unique product. So, uh, and my, my deliveries weren't always as consistent as I thought they should be before I brought someone else on. And then finally, by 2016, I was just getting overwhelmed and I decided to bring on another person part-time. And um, she had some really great background experience in sales and shipping. And she actually kind of got into what I was doing as well and just started showing up, you know, uh, longer hours, more days. And now she's like my co-pilot. And so her and I just kind of, we just sailed by ourselves till till really about six months ago, and we brought on another part time person um, who was looking just for something to do two three days a week, um, and then we just hired a fourth person um, about three months ago. And, and are we, these are these people all working in the same place, or is everybody remote? A little bit of both. They come to the office because we're we do all the packing ourselves, or at least most of the packing ourselves, mm-hmm. and um, and then they have some tasks that they do that they're that like customer service stuff can be handled by some somebody at home um like search engine optimization stuff or our shopify store um can be done remotely from that person's home so we've kind of like filled out where our strengths and weaknesses are and each person that has a strength can can do some of that work from home obviously okay great and you mentioned shopify so i'll ask what percentage of your sales are coming from shopify um, we really, I didn't have time to focus on that until we brought our third person on. And that mm-hmm. was, you know, like after the holidays, by the time we started on it. So it's just been really the last three months we've done stuff to drive traffic to that. Um, and I, so I would say like, like 5% right now. Okay. Small amount. Now you, yeah. you mentioned you do your packaging. That's what a big bulk of the work is. Is that for the USA, the edible stuff, or is that for everything? Do you bring everything in? It's for everything. Yeah. I don't want to bring in you know, 5,000 units and ship it to FBA and then, you know, deal with someone checking it in and then maybe long-term storage fees. And so we just, <clears throat> I have the storage space, so why not just bring it to my office and then I just drip feed it to Amazon, you know, 100 units at a time. Gotcha. Okay. 
Is it a big product or a small product that you're dealing with? Um, small products. Small products. Yeah. Okay. So we don't of- have a we don't have a warehouse. It's uh-huh. actually a law office. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we so we've just kind of taken over two or three law offices and just um, you know one office has our computer in it. The other area is a prep area, okay. and then we have another office that's like storage and supplies and stuff. Have you ordered by the container yet? Have you gotten to that point? No. No. Okay. So when you get to that point, maybe the law office will, might not work. Yeah. <laughs> it could be a little little busy in there, a little full. So I want to ask you, Amazon Prime, did you do anything for Amazon Prime today? Nope. 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 Okay. Did you notice your sales go up anyways? Yeah. And it did, it did so last year too. Mm-hmm. So I just didn't, you know, in, in my mind, Prime is like, if you have something you need to dump or if your profit margin is super high and you can afford to pay $500 and then, you know, discount it at 20 or 25%. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a whole lot of profit margin on my items, most of them. So it didn't really make a lot of sense. What kind of increase did you get over your normal daily sales volume? Uh, about 50%. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. All right. So here's probably the number one question people ask, or they want me to ask people when we interview. And that is, how much money did you start with to actually start this business? $4,700. For, you, know, you know the exact number, <laughs> $4,700. How did you come up with that number? Uh, that was my first uh, delivery where I was uh, working with a, a company that did the packing for me. And mm-hmm. so that was like my first invoice. And I basically borrowed the money from my husband's company and um, and paid that first invoice and then um, just marketed toward, you know, where we were doing or I was doing, uh, mm-hmm. I want to say 25000 a month within the first three months. Nice. So, okay. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. So $4,700 into 25000 a month. And, and then shortly thereafter, it sounds like into six figures per month. That's, that's amazing. I have a couple questions about the business. What do you love about this business? Uh, well, I love building brands. I did that for the 20 years that I was in the wine business, only I was doing it for other people. Um, you know, there's, there's, when you're, it's pretty similar. I mean, you're, you, you tell stories about labels, you, you get people to, um, you know, buy based on just emotion a lot of times. Um, you know, why, why X brand is better than, or just for instance, like Mondavi makes a $20 bottle of cab. And then I would hand sell these boutique wines and convince people that, you know, to pay $35 for a wine that, may may or may not be better than the Mandavi wine, but people love a, a good story. They love, you know, uh, something that's unique and maybe not a whole lot of other people have, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of, so I like selling brands like that. And so that was, what was attractive t- to me about, you know, not doing retail arbitrage and selling a bunch of big name brands, but just starting something from scratch. Creating your own thing, your own identity right. with the product. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that's really important. If you can get into the creative side of stuff, there's just a lot of self I don't know, there's a lot of value to it. It really, at least for me, it makes me feel great. So, and it um, enables you to connect with your customers, you know, on on a certain level. I don't think that if I had, you know, I, I've heard some podcasts that people say, "Oh, don't get emotionally involved in your product," you know, and, and and that works for them. But I'm very emotionally involved in my brand, and I think people that comes across to people when I email them back and forth. I don't use a, a VA or anything like that for customer service. I actually do most of the customer service myself. Um, okay. So. What, what kind of profit margins do you have on, on the products that you sell when it's all said and done with returns, refunds, advertising, the whole nine yards? I need to get like hello profit to find out. Okay. <laughs> Cause honestly, I, I, I want to say on some items, it's probably uh, 
maybe 15% on other items, maybe 20 to 25. Okay. So um, I don't really have a handle on that yet. Okay. I asked you what you loved about the business. What do you not love about this business? Uh, I guess just some of the things you can't control between uh, supply issues, you know, when you try to be as proactive as possible and you think you spell stuff out and then stuff still comes in wrong Uh, or dealing with end users, you know, with customers that, you know, leave you a review and it's not even your product. (laughs) And and the, the name is like, uh, Kindle customer. So you can't even communicate with them and say, Hey, this is not even my product. Mm-hmm. Um, so just little things like that are kind of annoying that kind of drag you down, but the things the you have part, no control over. Yeah. Things that's, that's very, I, I like to control stuff. So that's very frustrating. Okay. So now I want to get into the big news for you a little while back. Saw that you'd posted that your account had been hacked essentially, and that you went to go see how much money was going to be transferred and it didn't show anything, right? Can you tell us a little bit about that story? Yeah, actually, uh, what happened was, is I woke up uh, on May 23rd and I got a, a, you know, a notification from Seller Central saying that my account had been suspended. And I was like looking at it and trying to think of, well, okay, what, what has happened recently? I, I, I moved into a new home. I changed my email address because my internet provider didn't, didn't provide out here. And then I also had given someone permission, a new person permission on my back end of Seller Central. You know, could it have been the combination of those two? You know, my credit card was stolen a few months before that. So I changed the credit card information. Maybe that seemed suspicious. So I, I uh, contacted the seller, <clears throat> seller central and seller performance. And I just, you know, bullet pointed, Hey, I know all these things have happened, but I, honestly, that's, it's, it's me. I, you might think it's been with all the different things that have gone on, on Amazon. You might think that it's someone else hacking into my account. And then um, I didn't get any response. And my, I, I was completely locked out of my account. I couldn't even sign in, which was crazy, yeah. which was very frustrating. So for two days, I couldn't log into my own account. And I couldn't get anybody on seller performance to respond. So I ended up um, just, you know, desperately looked, reading a bunch of threads of, you know, I think all I had to do was put in account hack. Um, and then some stuff came up about uh, money going to different countries like Croatia. And so uh, I, I was able to, to get into my account through um, my office managers because she wasn't locked out. So I got on there and was looking at the settings and they, uh, I was able to talk to someone at Seller Central and they said, well, did you do anything recently? Like, did you click on any strange links? And I said, no, you know, nothing with a, like a viral type link. And they said, did you change your banking information? And I said, no. Did you change your email? No. So I went into the settings because I had access to her account. And sure enough, I um, looked at the settings and the bank account information was changed to a bank in Croatia, mm. which I didn't do. And so um, I looked at the other settings as far as the email, you know, the notification where it tells you your banking information has been changed. And that was changed, but just one letter. So mm. the email looked exactly the same, but it had an extra like, you know, letter in it. And so that's why I didn't get the notification. So then I immediately called them back and explained, hey, I think it was really a hack. And um, they told me I had to contact the seller performance team, which I did, didn't get any response. And then I started um, just feverishly reading a bunch of threads and found that it had happened to dozens of other people. Yeah. Um, And way before me, I mean, there was a couple of people that it was like a year and a half ago. 
And then there was uh, several people that would happen in April of 2016 and a couple in May, like myself. And I just couldn't believe that there wasn't some sort of not only just a safety measure in place by Amazon, but just, you know, an alert to let it tell everyone to check your banking information. Um, you know, make sure your email notifications haven't been changed even by one letter because everyone had the same, everyone involved in the, in the fraud, the story was the same. Mm-hmm. The email was changed first for the notification, then the making information was changed. And so I wanted to find out, well, do we get our money back? Um, that was the thing I was panicking about because it was $44,000. Yeah. Uh, I'm rounding up a little bit, but it was like, you know, 43, I have 43,742 and 66. Wow. That's a, that's a lot of money to be missing. That's a lot of money. Um, and so, you know, you have people you have to pay and you have suppliers. And so I wasn't getting a whole lot of sleep. I was just trying to figure out, well, gosh, if I can just find a thread where someone says you get your money back, I'll, I'll be able to rest easier. So, um, on the fourth day, I finally did get my access to my account. They, um, I guess they had it shut down to, or they had it frozen so they could investigate the fraud. And they told me that, um, you know, to make sure I had the two-step verification, which I did, by the way. Um, But there's a good chance that the the fraud happened before the two-step verification because it was right around all, right around the same time. So um, I had access to my account again, but just being shut down for four days. I mean, that took us from like page one to like page three, you know, when we got listed back up. Mm-hmm. So that was like kind of depressing. Um, but, uh, but I did find a thread where there was a, a couple from, from Florida and they had only had $16,000 hacked, but they said they got theirs back after three weeks. So I was like, well, that sounds promising. You know, I can, I can wait a month if I have to. And, um, and then she told me about, uh, well, actually, before that, let me let me go back a little bit. I <clears throat> I had heard that you could just email Jeff Bezos, right? Jeff at right. com, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I wonder if that works. So I uh, I emailed him, and uh, of course he didn't answer. But I did get a response from a guy who works for his team on his team, and he said that he was going to escalate the problem, escalate the whatever them looking into it, and and, and he'll get back with me when he knows more. And then meanwhile, I met, I connected with this woman in Florida and she gave me another email and her, her name is like Susan H at amazon.com. And she's helped people get out of fraud, uh, the fraud situations. Um, so I emailed her and then she didn't answer me back right away, but she answered me back like a week later and said that, Hey, I looked into your, your case and my colleague is looking into it and we're, you know, the amount that it is, there's a lot of people that have to sign off on that amount. So just hold tight and we'll get back with you when we can. So that mm-hmm. was like eight weeks ago. And then on July 3rd, uh, meanwhile, I was still reading the threads and seeing that it was still happening. And that's kind of when I, I made contact with you and said, hey, um, let people know they need to be checking their banking information, their preferences as far as their um, make sure there's not just one letter off because you won't notice it. The print's so small. Um, And so I just slept a little better knowing that the money was going to come back. But I had also read it could take up to four to five months, which could be really, you know, painful. 
because yeah. that's when you get all your your holiday stuff bought, you know, way before October. Um, but I did hear about someone June 11th that got $500,000 hacked out of their account to a bank in Croatia. And I can't believe it hadn't been, something hadn't been done, you know, based on my experience and probably hundreds of others. So, um, so I did get an email from the same person. His name is James, really, really nice guy. And he said, hey, I just want to let you know. And I think I sent you a screenshot. Uh, I was really excited. He said, we got the money, the funds. They're going to be dispersed into your account on your next um, disbursement, which was yesterday. Nice. So you saw it. It's in there. It's in there. All right. So, <laughs> a good, a happy ending to that one, yeah. right? That's crazy. I wonder how many you know, what percentage of people actually do not get that resolved because of whatever the reason is. So that was great. That was great that you actually went through all that trouble to finally make it happen. Yeah. I mean, when I first called Seller Central, I mean, you get a lot of those people from India, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. they give you a canned response that they're writing from or they're reading from. And I just didn't really feel like any of, any of them really grasped what I, what happened. Like they kept, like they thought it was my bank. Like I was missing money from my bank. They just didn't really understand. And I was getting frustrated that I couldn't speak to somebody that, you know, that spoke English and that, mm. that I knew understood the gravity of what happened. So um, I think, yeah. you know, if there's any lessons to be learned, it's just, you know, dig in a little bit. You know, the threads have always been really helpful to find information on that. And um, just having a couple of contacts that, mm. that can confirm you know, what, <clears throat> what to do next. Um, so where do you think it all started? How, how did this actually happen? Okay. Um, there was a guy who had, who I had also connected with that had lost $68,000 and he wanted to do some class action lawsuit because he said that he spent hundreds of dollars having his computer checked by a person, you know, who checks for viruses and any kind of mal malware and mm -hmm. found absolutely nothing on his computer. Right. And he wanted to do some sort of class action lawsuit, which, of course, I didn't want to be any part of. You don't want to really bite the hand that feeds you. And that's a good way to just not be on Amazon at all. Mm. Um, but um, but, yeah, he thought that. I guess the guy from Germany that had done done the research for him said that he did find his phone number listed on a list of a bunch of phone numbers and they were all Amazon sellers and they were being sold like on the black market for like a dollar a piece. Oh, wow. <clears throat> so who knows? I mean, I don't know if that, yeah. that's someone's theory, but I mean, it's definitely like an inside Amazon job. Yeah, they could come from anywhere. And especially if people aren't using very, very, very secure passwords as well. That's another way. A lot of people think, I mean, if you don't have uppercase and lowercase and symbols and numbers, it, they can just brute force it. But the good news is you got it back. So that's good. And you're back in business. So. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, hopefully people can take a little bit of, uh, you know, take some of these nuggets, you know, the, you know, checking for that one extra character that you talked about because you didn't see that was in the email you're talking about. Yeah. That it's, it's in your uh, preference, notif your preferences, notifications. Mm -hmm. And then there's probably like 10 or 12 of them. So you may not notice it because it's like you get different notifications or different things, which could yeah. be changing your banking information or seller uh, performance notifications or whatever. So it's a long list and they didn't change any of them, but just the banking information uh, okay. notification. And that's and why you, I get you were it. using a Gmail account. Uh, no, I no. was using, you mean like just, I was using Outlook at the time. I'm using Gmail now, mm -hmm. but uh, at the time I was using Outlook 
um, but my seller, but are you talking about like where yeah, seller they central changed, is? They, they changed uh, the email, right? Well, no, in, in seller central. Right. Right. Yeah. So they changed it to, they just added like one, like if, let's say it was Lynette at whatever, they would put an extra E or something in there. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, cool. Well, so outside of maybe trying to be a little bit more defensive when setting things up, and we'll move on from this, but what would you say would be the biggest mistake you've made in this FBA journey, if anything comes to mind? The, the, the things that, to me that I've kind of kicked myself more the most is, you know, you go to trade shows, you, you see product or you get samples and you get excited about it and you think, oh, I'm going to order, you know, $40,000 worth of this because these samples look so great. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I started out buying small quantities of stuff and then slowly growing, you know, to bigger size orders. And I probably should have kept it like that, but there was a couple of, uh, deals that I did where <clears throat> I bought like from, from a first time supplier, you know, where you buy like a lot of product because I'm used to buying big bundles um, mm. to get a, to get the best price. And it wasn't really representative of the samples that I got. So I would say that, you know, I'm going forward. It doesn't matter how long I've been doing this. If it's a new supplier, I'm going to start off small, um, smaller orders. It doesn't matter if it costs more. So to end this podcast, what would be one or even a couple, if you want tips that you can leave the listeners with? Well, one of the tips, which also actually has more to do with the fraud, mm -hmm. is not to use the same email for your Amazon account as you have for other emails. That was a tip that I learned in the reading the threads. You're like, pick an email, you know, which is, I guess, um, hard to do if you've started like I did two years ago, where you know I, I don't I don't really have a whole lot of different e emails, but I've used this email with. Um, like my Facebook and with other things like LinkedIn and stuff. So, um, so, so I guess now I've selected an email for just, just Amazon. Specifically so for that. Specifically. Yeah. 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 I recommend people if they set up an LLC or corporation that, you know, you register that domain and then it's use, you know, an email address at that corporate, you know, corporate email.com and just only use it for that. So yeah, that's a good tip. So, well, that's, that's for the fraud stuff. Anything else you want to add or? Yeah, I guess just, you know, I, there's a lot of talk about reviews and stuff and I'm actually, you know, it's just getting harder and harder to connect with customers because with all the blackout lists that they're doing and not being able to, to connect with customers. I mean, that's been probably the hardest part because that was my strength. Right. And now my emails aren't even getting to customers. So, um, yeah, I would say just come up with different connect with your customer, whether it's through social media or, you know, uh, unique inserts. I mean, because people aren't getting emails like they were before. You know, you spend all this time and I did a lot of, you know, my own template. I didn't use other people's templates. I created my own and spent mm -hmm. a lot of time and I've gotten like zero. I used to get two or three emails a day. People saying, hey, I got your email. I enjoyed it. You know, and now it's like in the last three months, I've gotten one. So yeah. people just aren't receiving them. So it's your feeling. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you're moving towards social media and inserts. Are, are you doing anything? You said special inserts, anything different? Well, no, I, mean, I need to come up with something special. Oh, you need to come I've up with inserts. Yeah. I've done inserts, inserts before, and I don't think there's a whole lot of um, read rate, you know, on those, unless it's something like really unique. So, okay. Um, 
And on social media, are you using that now, Facebook or Instagram or anything to? Yeah, I've used Facebook in the past mm-hmm. because, you know, I also donate to charity with my uh, with my product. Mm-hmm. So I, I have, um, you know, like people involved uh, on Facebook that I connect with and, uh, you know, they give us some shout outs and stuff. And, you know, maybe maybe I'll post a coupon code for, for the group and stuff like that. So that kind of helps build okay. brand awareness. What was your biggest win since you started this business? What was that super joyous moment? I would just say just being able to, you know, I, I told you that I, <clears throat> I don't know if I, you got this earlier, uh, you know, as far as the recording, but I, w- I was sick for like four years where I couldn't even work. So just get put in that first, you know, I don't, I'm having an LLC, right? So I don't get a paycheck, but just being able mm-hmm. to, can contribute money uh, to my our household you know for the first time in four years and have a profit <clears throat> i mean that was great i mean i was working part-time at my husband's law office but that really wasn't you know substantial or anything like that so right. just having like you know after my first three months being able to you know have money to put down on a house you know which is was awesome okay well awesome yeah congratulations on that so it was a pleasure having you on the show. Congratulations on beating the hackers, I guess, or at least having Amazon be proactive on that. But I appreciate you coming on the show. And if people want to get a hold of you, you're in our Facebook group. Is that right? Yep. They can reach That's out to correct. you. So we'll, yep. ta- we'll tag you in there and people can ask questions. I'm sure people have a lot of questions about the whole fraud thing specifically. So thanks. And yeah, I'll have you on the show again. You've been listening to the AM PM podcast hosted by Manny Coates. For more information, insider tools, and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit ampmpodcast.com.